<clears throat> All right. We are in our statements of faith. Letter, or our statement of faith. Uh, letter V. And the topic tonight is abortion. If you're at home and you're watching and you saw that the title murder is wrong, uh, we absolutely believe that murder is wrong and that is why we call it that. And so uh, on our topic of abortion, that just tells you right where we stand on it. <clears throat> so in our statement of faith, we say, we believe that human life begins at conception and that the unborn child is a living human being. Abortion constitutes the unjustified, unexcused taking of unborn human life. Abortion is murder. We reject any teaching that abortion of pregnancies uh, due to rape, incest, birth defects, gender selection, birth or population control, or the mental well-being of the mother are acceptable. So we reject any teaching that those reasons for abortion are acceptable. That makes sense. That statement there. Okay. All right. So we do not we do not believe that abortion is okay when, on in the case of rape or in the case of incest or, or in the case of uh, birth defects or in the case of gender selection or birth control or population control or even in the case of the mental well-being of the mother or father. So. Let's establish the fact that human life is important. Um, we all know uh, thou shalt not kill. We all know that it is wrong to murder. We know that uh, God judged Cain for his murder of Abel. In Exodus chapter 21, verse 22 through 25, it says, If men strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, he should be surely punished according as the man's, uh, or I'm sorry, as, according as the woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as the judge is determined. <clears throat> and if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life. Basically, if the fruit departs, meaning the child's born, and there's no mischief that follows, you know, and that neither one of them dies, um, then he's just going to pay. However, if mischief follows, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, uh, burning for burning, wood for wood, stripe for stripe. Now, that's not saying that you absolutely, like, somebody knocks out your tooth, you need to knock out their tooth. No, it's saying that you can't knock out five of their teeth, only one for one, okay? So one eye for one eye, you don't knock out two, a guy's, both of a guy's eyes because he knocked one of yours out. So this is a standard. You only go as far as they went. You don't go any further. Um, make sense? All right. That doesn't mean that, you know, somebody punches you in the jaw and you punch them back in the jaw. No, uh, necessarily. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, someone hurt you or someone took your toy, children, and so you beat them within an, within an inch of their life. No, you only respond in like okay and that was what the law was given there okay um, this is speaking civilly okay so as far as the civil law so Jeremiah <clears throat> chapter 1 verse 5 it says before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee and before thou camest forth out of the womb I sanctified thee 
and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And we're going to get into some things. I, I grabbed a, uh, <clears throat> I grabbed something. Honestly, I do not know who this came from. I copied it like two years ago. Um, actually, it was it was March of 2012, so it was, it was more than two years ago, almost three years ago. I copied this from someone uh, on abortion, um, and I'm sorry that I can't give them credit, but I'll, I will say that this did not come from me, but it does have some good information on there that I'll share with you in a few minutes. Um, but Jeremiah 1, 5, it establishes for us an understanding that God knew Jeremiah before he was born. Not only before he was born, but before he was formed in the belly, he had ordained him to be a prophet um, under the nations. So uh, God had a plan for him before he was born. Uh, the, the topic isn't like God's plan or whatever, but the point is that he says, he recognized that Jeremiah was Jeremiah in the belly and when he came out of the womb. He was Jeremiah. He was there. Okay. Um, and then uh, Job chapter 3, verse 16 says, Or as an hidden, untimely birth, I had been, or I had, I had not been as infants which never saw light. Stating that infants, children, that are in the womb um, are infants. <laughs> okay, so this is we're just establishing the humanity of what some people would call the fetus. Um, I, I don't call the baby a fetus. I call it a baby. It's a baby. It's a baby from the point that it that it is conceived. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. It's important to note that that we used to say that uh, she is with child. It's important to note that we we used to use terminology that was uh, correct, and now we use. Uh, biological terms that uh, that desensitize the point uh, and, and make it easier to terminate or to murder. Um, instead of murder, they call it termination of the pregnancy. Um, but what they really mean by that is they're going to kill a child, uh, remove the child from the womb, and therefore uh, take its life away. Um, in Psalm chapter 51, verse 5, it says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So again, David, shapen in iniquity and in sin, his mother conceived him. Meaning, this is pointing out the the natural sin that he was born in sin. But rather, not only was he born in sin, but he was actually shaped in the womb in sin. He had sin because of the seed of the man from the very point of conception. Uh, and so he says, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Conception is when uh, there is now a child there. Okay, In the Bible, the word conceive is used in various places. In James chapter 1, the Bible says, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. It says, then 
when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. So lust, conceiving there, it's not talking about a, a particular type of sin. It's talking about conceive or getting a hold of or entrapping or, or holding uh, something within it. So when lust takes you captive or takes you into itself, um, then it, uh, it brings forth sin. Well, when a person conceives, when a woman conceives a child, it means that now she is bearing or holding a child within her. Okay, so that's that makes sense? Yeah? Okay. Um, <clears throat> next verse here, Psalm 139, 14 through 16. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. And curiously wrought in the lower in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, being yet unper or yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. This is uh, very interesting. If you looked at this verse in a scientific perspective, from a scientific perspective. Um, some interesting stuff here uh, in God's book. I mean, we can obviously say, okay, God had planned that this is how man was going to be. This is how man grows in the womb and so forth. Um, but if you look at this from some discoveries that we found recently about, like, all of life, there's something within all of life. In every single cell of every creature, there's something uh, that has information tied to it. Does anybody know what that's called? <clears throat> DNA. You're going to try to sound like say the whole words, all the words. DNA. We don't. We don't need the whole word. DNA. But DNA <clears throat> is actually like it's the book that tells that cell what its job is in relation to all the rest of your body, all the rest of the cells in your body. Well, you have that code written in every cell of your body, and everything does its job. And every little, all the members of your body are written in that code. And it says whether you're going to have blue eyes or green eyes or brown eyes, or whether you're going to have blonde hair or, or red hair or brown hair or black hair, or, you know, or whether you're going to be able to grow facial hair or not, or whether you're going to, be male or female the, is, is determined in that DNA. Whether you're uh, whether you're, you're going to be short or tall, whether you're going to have uh, you know whatever whatever parts of your body are going to be what they are. Yeah, your eyes, what your eyes are going to be. Uh, it tells your body how many eyes you're going to have. And generally, DNA tells your body you're going to have two. Oh, okay. <laughs> Generally, your body tells, or your DNA tells your body you're going to have two eyes. Um, and, you know, in, in some cases, there's mutations in that DNA, and so it produces a different different format or different outcome. Um, <clears throat> what's that? Yeah, kind of strange. So, 
uh, here he, he talks about that basically what's being spoken of here in Psalm chapter 139 is uh, it says the lowest parts of the earth. Here it's, it's speaking of the bowels of, of his mother. Um, he was it's speaking of his substance and, and all of this. This is uh, David being made. Being made in the womb. This is David growing in the womb. It's a really neat, uh, neat thing to see. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 24 says, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretched forth the heavens alone, and spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. So he formed us in the womb. In Isaiah 49, verse 1, it says, Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken, ye people from afar. The Lord hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. <clears throat> In Isaiah 49, verse 5, it says, And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him, though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Again, interesting that it mentions Isaiah in the womb, from the womb. <clears throat> this is important, important stuff here. And so uh, Jeremiah 20, verse 15 through 18 says, Cursed be the man who brought tidings to my father. This is Jeremiah. He's like not happy. All right. He's, he's uh, hating not only the day. Yeah, he's hating the day that he was born. And then not only that, but even further. But says, uh, Cursed be the man who brought tidings to my father, saying, A man-child is born unto thee, making him very glad. And let that man be as the city which the Lord overthrew and repented not. And let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at noontide, because he slew me not from the womb, or that my mother might have been my grave and her womb to be always great with me. Wherefore came I out of the womb to see labor and sorrow that my days should be consumed with shame? This is this is Jeremiah like saying, I wish I was never born, okay, kind of thing. Um, but he points out the fact here that he was himself in the womb. It wasn't that he was, uh, it wasn't that Jeremiah was some other thing. Jeremiah was not a dog in his mother's belly. He was not a fish in his mother's belly. He was not a pile of, of uh, random cells multiplying together in his mother's belly. He wasn't a grape. He wasn't a, 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 a an orange. He wasn't a grapefruit. He wasn't a watermelon. He was Jeremiah. Makes sense? Uh, just as you and I were what we who we are today in the womb. We were we were who we are. Um, we were human from the womb. Uh, and uh, and and Jeremiah, just the same here. Says this, and, and of course, this is a this is a by the way thing, you know. I, I mean, he's understanding this. It's like it's it's kind of like one of those things, like where it says, "Where in the Bible does it say that there's a God? Where does God say there's a God in heaven?" Well, there, you know, it's, there are places now that I said that I, I think of a one of the um, one of the questions. One says, "Is there not a God in heaven?" You know, just to the fact that. God assumes that you know he's there. 
He doesn't have to prove to you that he exists. It'd be like, you know, Brother Travis coming in tonight saying, I do not believe that Pastor Campbell exists. He just is. I don't believe he exists. Do, have I ever had to, like, spend time proving to you that I exist? No, no because we communicate. You know that I exist. Uh, you know that, I, that I'm here. Um, I got this funny thing hanging off my head. Uh, <laughs> nobody told me about that. Uh, so, no, you know I exist. You know I'm here. You know, you know that, uh, wow, I can hear out of that ear now. Praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you know I'm here. It's just the same when God's talking to you. He doesn't have to tell you He exists. Um, and just the same here. Um, he says, I wish I was never born. I could have died in the womb. Well, that like assumes the fact that he was alive in the womb and it was him there. Uh, there was no strange transformation from some a, some other animal to a human being. Um, and by the way, human beings are not animals. The lie that uh, that Darwin thought up uh, that he got from his father, the devil. Uh, human beings are not animals. Now, uh, whether you get uh, whether you whether you think well, we're we're mammals or we're uh, uh, whatever. Um, there may be some like similarities between us and some other things, and the reason is because we have the same God that made all of us. So yes, there's similarities between us and other things, other creatures on the earth, but it does not mean that we are exactly like them. God made man in his own image, meaning that God made man with both body, soul, and spirit, or, or all three of those. Anyhow. Um, no other creature on the planet has body, soul, and spirit. Um, they, there's there's an emotional aspect of other other creatures. There there is a a somewhat of a, of a reasoning aspect with some other creatures, but there's not the full aspect of of awareness and the full aspect of a spirituality uh, as there is with man. God made man in His image, uh, and and knowing uh, knowing Him and and uh, able to, to, to reason and, and communicate <clears throat> clearly and so forth. So, yeah, we're not an animal in the womb. We're not an animal when we get out of the womb. Any, any, any questions or arguments on that? Or? Okay. Um, Luke 1.44. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salvation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. This is talking of John the Baptist. John the Baptist in the womb, inside, was a baby. He wasn't a, he wasn't a fish or anything like that. He was a baby. I know I keep saying that. Well, I'm, I'm going to refer to some of that in here. Um, so, John the Baptist Leaped. In fact, it said he was filled with the spirit from the womb. That'd be pretty cool, huh? Uh, so, here's something I got from somebody on abortion here. Interesting. I was reading through it. I, I thought it was kind of neat. Um, abortion is legal in 54 countries today. Now, this was uh, in 2012. Um, it has been legal in America since the infamous, infamous Roe versus Wade Supreme Court decision in 1973. Worldwide, roughly 46 million babies are destroyed in the womb 
year. About one in five pregnancies end in abortion. The overwhelming majority of abortions are done as a means of birth control and convenience. God's people are obligated to honor God's law more than man's. Though abortion is legal, that does not mean that it is right in God's eyes. Acts 5.29, we ought to obey God rather than man. Um, By 21 days, the baby's heart begins to beat and the blood flows through its body. At 45 days, the tiny baby's brain waves can be detected. By eight to nine weeks, the eyelids have begun forming and hair appears. By nine to 10 weeks, it sucks its thumb, jumps, frowns, swallows, and moves its tongue. By 12 or 13 weeks, the baby has fingernails and its own unique fingerprints. All arteries are present. Vocal cords are complete. The baby can cry and recoils from pain. This is at 12 or 13 weeks. It's like really early on. That's not even halfway through the pregnancy. At 14 weeks, the mother begins to feel the baby moving inside her. Now, some people are a little more sensitive and they can feel it before. Or some people move around a lot and they don't feel it till later on, like 18, 20 weeks, whatever. At 15 weeks, the baby has fully formed taste buds. I don't know what you would need taste buds for in the womb at that early, but hey, the Lord decided at that time they're going to they, they have fully formed taste buds. At 16 weeks, it has eyebrows and eyelashes and it can grasp with its hands, kick, and even somersault. At 20 weeks, the baby can hear and recognize its mother's voice. Now, some say that it's that it's at 18 weeks, but 18 to 20 weeks, can hear and recognize its mother's voice. Kind of neat. Did you get that video I sent you? Oh, okay. I just thought it was cute, so I shared it with you. I shared it with you and, and Megan both. Um, so, anyways, uh, <clears throat> that's some interesting stuff about babies. That's kind of neat, you know. We got babies on their way, so really neat. What? How many weeks are you? Five to six. Okay. Okay. Amen. Amen. So, uh, what? Twenty-one days is two weeks. So the the heart's already beating, and blood flowing through the body. <clears throat> okay. Well, you know the baby's in there thinking because at 45 days they can think. <laughs> um, so it's it's really that's that's really cool. Uh, I, I I find it fascinating just the, how God set all that up and how it works. It's it's really neat. Um, all right, now the unfortunate, more depressing information. Most common types of abortion. Uh, the first one is suction aspiration. Now, I'm not going to go, I, I, I could show you like pictures of all this stuff and you'd get sick, but we don't, we don't want to do that. <clears throat> so uh, this is the most common method during the first trimester of pregnancy. The tiny infant is literally sucked out of the womb by a powerful pump with a suction force of nearly 30 times of that of a home vacuum cleaner. The procedure tears the, the baby's body into pieces. The next one. It's a D and C, or dilation and uh, curatage, however you say that. 
DNC is uh, this method is used up to 18 weeks of gestation, so 18 weeks in the pregnancy or into the, <clears throat> the after conception. The abortionist uses a curate, which is a steel knife, to cut the baby into pieces so they can be removed. Um, then DNX is partial birth abortion used for advanced pregnancies, advanced pregnancies. The baby is partially removed from the womb so that about half of, the, half of its little body is exposed with its legs hanging outside of the body. Uh, the abortionist then plunges scissors into the baby's head at the nap of the neck and uh, spreads them open to kill the baby. Uh, the brain is then removed by suction before the lifeless body is removed entirely. That's partial birth abortion. That's like you have the baby and they kill it before it's done, before it's all the way out. That's, that is sick and wicked. Um, the next one is salt poisoning. This is used after 16 weeks. The abortionist injects a strong salt solution directly into the amniotic sac. The fluid surrounding the baby is, or, or with the, the, yeah, the amniotic sac, the fluid surrounding the baby. As the baby breathes and swallows the solution, it is poisoned. It takes over an hour to kill the baby, uh, with it struggling and convulsing during this time. Infants aborted in this manner are called candy apple babies because the corrosive effect of the salt exposes the raw, red, glazed looking. Uh, Skin, and its head thus looks like a candy apple. Murder's disgusting. <clears throat> Prostaglandin chemical abortion is the next one. Drugs delivered through injection or suppository produces a violent labor and delivery of the child. Sometimes the baby is born alive, but it is too small to survive. Uh, RU486. <clears throat> this drug taken in pill form, produces an abortion by not allowing the newly implanted baby access to an essential hormonal nutrient. RU486 is used after the mother misses her period, uh, at which stage the baby is at least two to three weeks old. This is old enough to have a beating heart. There's other, this, it's not mentioned in here, but like the morning after pill, some of those kind of things. Those are also, that's similar to the RU486. <clears throat> it's all, once there's a baby there, removing the baby without it being born alive is murder. The Bible forbids the abortion of an unborn child. And then it, it goes through, I'm just going to give you the points here. I'm not going to read each uh, individual thing. I might read some of the little sections that he says. It's just point number one. The Bible says that man is created in God's image. We already mentioned that. Um, of course, we made it okay in our society to do uh, such evil things by the doctrine of evolution. Uh, it's, been it's been a moving force behind the abortion industry because it teaches that man is only an animal. In fact, the evolutionary doctrine of rep recapitulation uh, <clears throat> Uh, claims that the embryo is not fully human until late in its 
growth stage. Um, by the way, uh, yeah, we won't get into all that history, but uh, just a couple of quick points on that history is, um, well, <clears throat> a man named uh, Ernest Heichel or Heckel, um, one of the most prominent supporters of Char Charles Darwin in Germany, um, taught uh, taught this theory, um, and uh, you know this. Quite honestly, the theory of evolution. If you if you've ever seen, has anybody ever seen the book? Um, uh, on natural selection, the or the book on what what uh, Charles Darwin wrote concerning. Does anybody know what the alternative title is of that book? <clears throat> I can't remember it exactly word for word, but it has to do with the survival of the fittest, and but more specifically of certain specific races. It is a evolution is an absolutely totally racist, and people don't realize that, but it's. The, the, the whole point of this, this whole scientific thing with evolution and everything, and the whole point of the, um, if, if you've ever heard of, um, what was the name of that? The, 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 the baby killers, the, they're like big in America. Um, Planned Parenthood, the founder of Planned Parenthood is quoted to have said, that the reason that, that she had founded that was to do away with the unproductive races of society. Um, I'm not quoting her verbatim, but her point was to get rid of, she was very racist, to get rid of certain groups of people or keep a certain amount of those people from being in the world. Um, <clears throat> number two here, God forbid that man for God forbids man to shed innocent blood. Twenty times the Bible forbids the shedding of innocent blood. And there's some, some references here, Deuteronomy 19, 10 through 13, uh, 2 Kings 21, 16. Uh, this refers to killing a person without a just cause, 1 Samuel 19, 5. Um, to, put a murderer, to, to put a murderer to death, for example, is a just cause. Uh, to kill an innocent person is unjust. God hates those who shed innocent blood. Proverbs 6, 16 through 17. Uh, <clears throat> what person is more innocent than an unborn child? Nobody. Number three here. Modern science calls the unborn a fetus, but it is called a child in the Bible. I think that's probably already been covered thoroughly. Does that make sense? Anybody disagree with that? <clears throat> Number four, the law of Moses demanded punishment if an unborn baby was harmed. And we read that passage in Exodus chapter 21. <clears throat> the Bible says that God is in control of conception. There's quite a few. You got Genesis 20, verse 18, Genesis 29, 31, Genesis 30, verse 22. The Bible says children are the heritage of the Lord. Genesis 27, 3. I'm sorry, 1 27, 3. The child in the womb does not belong to the mother. It belongs to God. So the, there's an argument for woman, women's choice. Um, yeah, argument for women's choice. And a lot of people will say, 
It's my body. I'll do what I want with my body. No, no, no. If you want to do what you want with your body, that's fine, but that child inside your body is not your body. That child has its own body. It is its own person. Um, and it doesn't become its own person. Once it's conceived, it is its own person. It, it relies upon you to survive for that nine-month period of time. Um, and by the way, most of them end up rely, relying on you to survive for the next couple of decades also. Uh, so, and some for the next couple scores of years. You know, maybe uh, some children don't, or some children rely on their parents to survive until they're in their late 30s or mid 40s. Uh, but uh, we, you know, just because you rely on someone else to survive does not mean that you are now their body and they can just execute you whenever they feel like it. Okay, so it's just as ridiculous to say to your 30-year-old son, uh, young man, it is time for you to get out of this house. You're no longer going to survive off of me. In fact, I think I'm just going to abort you. That's ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous to say it to your 30-day-old child inside your belly. You know, um, or three-day-old. Or one day old. Um, number five here says the Bible says that God is in control of conception. We actually, I just read that. So, um, makes sense. Does that make sense? Amen. Uh, number six, the Bible says God forms the child in the womb, and we talked about that thoroughly as well. Any questions on this or comments? I, I know this is kind of quick. There's only one more point here. Idolaters killed their sons and daughters, uh, and this was something that God hated. That was uh, Psalm 106, verse 38, making their child pass through the fire uh, under Molech. That was that was something that they did there. Um, God hated this. They were sacrificing their children, and that's what America does today, and along with what I say, 54 other countries. <clears throat> Any questions or comments? Not a very fun topic to discuss, but it's something we have to talk about. Um, <clears throat> next week, we, uh, we will continue through our statement of faith. We'll be dealing with missions next week. We actually only have two more weeks in our statement of faith. We only have missions and giving is our last point in our statement of faith. So we are just about done with that. I think I have decided that our next step for our, for our Wednesday nights is going to be, well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 kind of torn between uh, the ABCs of Christian maturity, which would be like a whole lot of fun to do, which I I will do whether I do something else before that or not. Uh, I don't know, but um, the next step. Don't you love when somebody calls you while you're preaching? I just sent them, I, I sent them a text message that said, preaching. What's wrong with you? No, that's on video. Uh, <laughs> um, no, so um, anyways, we're either going to talk about, we're, we're either going to go through the Baptist distinctives, which I'm actually going to go through all the Baptist distinctives, Lord willing, next Thursday night at Beulah Baptist Church. That's going to be my message. So if you want to just get a real quick, through the Baptist distinctives, 
Uh, <clears throat> I said, sorry, I forgot. Um, you want to, if you want to get a quick run through the Baptist distinctives and some scripture on all of those, uh, let's go to Beulah Baptist next Thursday night. And while I'm giving it to them, I'll shell it out to y'all too. Um, <clears throat> amen. Any questions or comments? Arguments? Complaints? <clears throat>